what's more effective, a well-trained person with no equipment or a well-equipped person with no training? Well, in certain cases, I'd have to say that a person with proper training can get by with minimal equipment. But ideally, you'd like to have both. Lads to leaders. Now, Lads to Leaders is known as a program, but I'd like to describe it as a process. You see, the name is the process. You take lads, young people, and you mature them into leaders. The process of lads becoming leaders is about both equipment and training. Young people are equipped with values. They are equipped with philosophy, and they are equipped with special skills. Lads to Leaders is not just learning to do, but in reality, it's doing to learn. And as people participate in the Lads to Leaders program, they become well-trained and well-equipped to be the future leaders. And church leaders or community leaders, it, it produces leadership qualities in young people. The Lads to Leaders program is the legacy of Dr. Jack Zorn, who invented the program. If you're interested in participating in Lads to Leaders, ladstoleaders.com. If you're interested in learning more about it, you can contact Rhonda Fernandez, 321-202-7600, 321-202-7600, ladstoleaders.com. Producing leaders in the church, in the future, in the young people of today. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. I'm not sure statistically or scientifically how one would measure the least effective mode of communication. Uh, I do believe that in the top tier of the things that are least effective is, is social media. I don't believe anybody's ever changed the world or even anybody else's opinion by a Facebook post, a tweet, or something on Instagram. I think the way those algorithms, the spy in the sky – understands the way our activity probably either gives us confirmation bias and we only see posts that we agree with or posts that are from people that we like or now you know there's the keyboard warriors the invisible army living in their parents basement who will engage anybody about anything and i think sometimes their algorithm is set up for things that are controversial so that it's basically the social media world's ability to say sickum fido I'm I'm not sure what metric you would use to say this is the least effective means of communication. But in the top five, in in the top percentiles of things that probably are bad ideas, is the sign in front of the church building. Now, 
not the new glitzy bright you plug it in and it's digital i mean the old fashioned take the little long extendable pole with a suction cup and change the letters one at a time yeah my, my uh dear friend brad carter was the original vandal for jesus in his younger days when he ran a paper route he thought he was doing great evangelistic work by going to signs of other churches and rearranging their letters to make them say dumb things or embarrassing things, thinking that if your sign looked stupid, people would go somewhere else. Brad Carter, vandal for Jesus. Well, uh, if if Brad's theory were true, there would be people running from churches like rats from a sinking ship. Because I don't know where you find the, the, the sign guy at your church. Maybe it starts out that you make the youth minister do it or you make the summer intern do it. And then because they've got to change the sign, they just want anything that'll fill it up. Or it may be that there's somebody there who says, hey, this is my thing. This is my jam. I get to do witticisms out on the front of the parkway and change the sign. (laughs) The sign guys have basically degraded into spiritual dad jokes. And all you got to do is, is is drive around and, and read some of the signs. The, the church in Paintsville, Kentucky, was featured one time on The Tonight Show. Their intention was to teach us that people who have been hurt tend to hurt other people. And, and you've heard the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. Well, they put that on their sign, but there was no no commas. And commas are our friends. So their sign did not say hurt people hurt people. It simply said, the Paintsville Church of whatever, hurt people, hurt people. (laughs) Well, there's your sign guy for you. Uh, Among some of the top contenders, cremation. It's your last chance for a smoking hot body. There's another one that says, uh, if you don't love Jesus and root for Bama, you'll all burn. (laughs) Sign is broken. Come inside for message. I don't know where you you find these guys whose mission and ministry in life is is to be the purveyor of all things witty on on a church sign with plastic letters. In dealing with the brotherhood or in dealing with churches, everybody... All groups, you have your, your your unique guys, you know, in, in any corporation, you have the guys that are from IT, or you have the guys that are from legal, or you have the guys that are from safety and risk management. There's different types of personalities that, that go to different jobs, and in churches, you have your audiovisual guy. You have that guy who has his little fiefdom, has his little kingdom, has his thing, is the sound room at church. And, and as a guy who speaks at lots and lots of churches, no two sound rooms are the same. There's not a standard operating procedure for any of those. Now, there is a guy in Texas who designed a way that an operating room should be set up. I think he sold stainless steel surgical screws, and he said in enough operating rooms watching his products be installed that he designed this efficient model of an operating room, and he sold that design patent, and he's a bazillionaire. Well, you, you don't have that in, in, in sound rooms in churches. You don't have that in sound rooms really anywhere. That's one of the main reasons I don't use PowerPoint when I go somewhere because very seldom is the, what I've done compatible with what they have. And so, you know, you, you run into this, well, you know, we could have used this hookup, but we decided to build our own cord and we spliced a bunch of stuff together. And I found this stuff from a 1952 Radio Shack. 
the sound room guys are a unique breed. They're, they're a combination of uh, free-range thinkers, cowboys, and frustrated engineers. I remember going into a church one time and being wired for sound and I uh, had the, the little lapel mic and uh, I, I put it on my tie and I moved it up and I said, "Do you would would you like me to wear it about this level? Because the guys who run the sound booth will tell you, hey, wear it at this level or wear it up here. Wear it. And I said, so would you like it about this level? And the guy looked at me and said, it's a, it's a lapel mic, not a tie tack. Well, excuse me. And I moved it to the lapel of my jacket and, and made this guy, you know, you happy with that there, Rain Man? Anyway, I drove to this little church. And I want to say it was the Arab Church of Christ. And yes, there is such a place as Arab, Alabama. It is pronounced Arab, not Arab. Arab, Alabama. It was supposed to be Arad, Alabama, A-R-A-D. And the postmaster uh, flopped that letter over. Instead of a, a D, it became a B. And so Arad was Arab. And they said, hey, this is wrong. He said, get over it. Your paperwork's already been filed. So I drive down. And it's one of those churches that I've been to enough that I know how to get to, but I couldn't tell you how to get to it. And so sometimes you're using your genetic memory and and you turn here and you should have turned there. Anyway, I'm just almost late. And, and I really wasn't, you know, I wasn't intending to be late. But I go blowing into the parking lot and jump out of the car, run up the steps, and there's a couple of elders and a couple of deacons, and then the, the sound room guy is sitting there, and, and, and they're sweating. But I got there, and, uh, you know, the preacher had not prepared for Bible class, but he was afraid he was going to have to work one up. And, and the elders were worried, but, you know, elders are just supposed to worry. Well, I walked in, and there was a, a collective sigh of relief, and the sound guy clipped a mic to my collar. He handed me the little uh, power box, and I walked to the front. I turn around to face the audience, and I look at the box, and there's one switch. And the switch says, no. Well, I don't know what to do. I, you know, I... I've got this one thing. I'm, you know, you had one job. Well, if I'd have got there on time, I might have learned how to how to operate the little box. But I'm I'm there, and I've got this little power switch in my hand. And the only thing it says to do is is it clearly painted no. Well, folks, I didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday, and and, and I've been tased. I've got electrical stuff tied to me, and it says no. Well, I'm not gonna punch it to no, but it was the only thing I could do. And so I decided if we're going to give this lesson, we better take a leap of faith here. I held my breath and prepared to be electrocuted and turned it to no. And all of a sudden the mic was hot. Now, anybody with the sense that God gave a goat understands that the word no is on upside down. And I was holding the box up, up upside down. If you turned it the way it was supposed to be clipped to your belt, the no be becomes on. And it shouldn't have been anything that scared anybody, and it really shouldn't have been anything that that confused somebody who's had enough experience with speakers and, and, and microphones. But on that particular day, a little bit of stress, I was afraid that no was the only option that I had. I, I, I don't know how prayer works. I don't know how providence works. I, I believe that they work, and I believe we should use them, and I believe we should depend on them. 
But I believe that many times when, when we're trying to make a decision or trying to figure something out and we pray about it, I believe oftentimes we, we, we feel like that the only thing that we're looking at is a big no written in plain letters. And yet from God's point of view, what we see as no may be an on. And like I said, I don't know how those things work. I remember in the, the summer of 1983, I worked with the uh, Alabama Department of Public Safety, which is now uh, Alabama Law Enforcement Agency. I did an internship with them with the CETA program. And as I, as I left that summer, uh, old Major McGriff said, well, Lonnie, my boy, when you go back to divinity school, you tell them you didn't convert none of us. But tell them that we didn't convert you neither. But should you want to come back, we've got a spot for you at Selma. And in the words of uh, Simi Jeffries, you'll go to school at Selma, and when you turn 21, you get a county. You get your hat, and you get a magnum. And as a young man of 20 years old who liked law enforcement and who had run around with the colonel and who had flown in the helicopter and who had visited with this young trooper waiting to get his hat, his county, and his magnum. All the temptation to pursue law enforcement was very, very, was very, very strong. I told Major McGriff that I had, I had a debt of honor to pay. There was a lady in Nashville, Tennessee, who had anonymously paid for part of my college and that how I behaved with this scholarship would affect all the other boys that she might decide to pay for. And I felt like I couldn't leave Harding and go to Selma, that I needed to finish that path and walk it for a little while. And so I, I didn't do the state trooper invitation. And I've always had an, an interest or a fascination with law enforcement. Years and years later, uh, I would go through a transition where I thought I was going to get completely uh, out of ministry and, and uh, even looked at at an FBI position, and the the answer to those prayers was a resounding, glowing, clanging no. Uh, I went through the selection process and took a test, and my prayers had said, you know, you'll go into the academy this summer or you won't go. My return letter from the, the FBI said, hey, we appreciate you applying. Uh, we want to cycle you through, and you come into the following summer that wasn't in line with what I was looking to do and so I took that as a no now fast forward in my life years later and I've been deeply enmeshed and involved with law enforcement for the last 30 years I regularly visit a facility that is co-owned and co-operated by the city of Huntsville and the FBI I've been in their defensive tactics rooms. I've shot some of their toys. I use the uh, TTB building, the tactical training building, uh, and, and I do jujitsu with a, a special agent. Uh, I've been able to do trainings with and for the federal marshals. I've been involved with things that involve the FBI and the DEA. And, and so this thing that said, no, Lonnie, you can't go be a, an FBI special agent well, I've been able to do a lot of those cool things without anybody ever shooting at me and without ever having to be transferred all over the country. You've heard the phrase, eating your cake and having it too. That's what I've been allowed to do. Now, from one perspective, it looked like no. But in reality, 
it was on. I do believe God says no. I don't believe He gives us everything that we want. I believe He only gives us the things that we need. And I really believe that God says on way more often than He says no. If we could just see it His way. A, a shift in perspective is a marvelous thing. Especially if we shift from an inverted worldly position to an upright spiritual position and sometimes what looks like no to us is God saying on. I'm putting you on a different path. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones, Cognitive Spiritual Development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem, Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense, If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones, and then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.